This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. There's no place to escape to. This is the last oh, On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. She showed me this porno where this girl is having an orgasm, and every time she has one, she goes, Oh, I'm having one. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Which is just, that's the worst way to have one. Yeah, no, it's, 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 oh, I'm having one. Same dialogue, as a, same dialogue as a fat guy at a buffet, in an old country buffet when he's looking at the chicken tenders or no, something. No, but he's saying, I'll have nine. Yeah, I'll have <laughs> But he just says one at a time, you know. Um, I'm having one again. A heart attack oh, or a stroke? <laughs> Edgewood part two, everybody. <laughs> we're doing it. Edgewood part two. Yes, we're back in here. I'm sorry. I was just perpetually having an orgasm. <laughs> I'm having one. I love the way you come, Henry. You're the first person to ever say that. Well, that's why we have a soul connection. It's true. We're going to get into the heavy uh, the heavy drug abuse and the heavy drug use in this episode, so it's going to be fun. We brought up in the last episode a bunch of different ways the government has basically tricked soldiers into being tested, and someone brought it up on the Facebook page. It is, it's true. It's a something our soldiers have gone through a long time. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I didn't even re- think about it, but I remembered my uncle was a part of the... Uh, basically, he was a part of one of the first battalions in Vietnam. Oh, uh, yeah, the Pastrami Troop? <laughs> I remember the Pastrami, uh, Pastrami, Pastrami Troop. They brought knishes to the locals, but they were distrustful of them. Uh, they, said they thought they were booby traps. But he was sprayed with some of the original, basically with the original test of Agent Orange and caused all of my cousins to be retarded. Oh. So I know that this happens all the time. And now people that think that that was a joke statement, that is not. You actually have a lot of mentally disabled cousins. All of my cousins are have some form of mentally, some sort of mental disability. I'm right. the only one who's as sharp as a tack. Mm-hmm. That's very <laughs> interesting. We have a... Pr- a we have a case study, the Zabrowski case study. Well, speaking of Vietnam, one of the guys that was subjected to the drug testing at Edgewood Medical Facility, he said that his time, the time spent there under the care of these experiments was worse than two tours in Vietnam. He did Well, two- I mean, to be fair, <laughs> they had a lot of drugs in Vietnam, but they also had prostitutes. <laughs> so he's just like, oh, yeah. 
technically his first tour was a wine tour. <laughs> so everything after that must have been a letdown. Yeah, he left Vietnam and he didn't get a Purple Heart, but he was a professional psalm, which is very good. Also, before we really get into this episode, I'd like to remind everyone again, I hope you're not listening to this episode with your fucking shoes on. Mm. Take them off. Mm. Put on a bathing suit inside your house. Remove all your clothes. Ooh. Tell everyone to just, be, to just fucking... Lay off with the communication for an hour. That's right. Spark a fucking Jefferson's finger of the, pr the most premium fucking dragon eggs that you can because we're going to trip you out the same way these guys got tripped out, except you're mm. not going to get residual payments from the government. That's right. Smoke that racist Jefferson weed. <laughs> I'm in Thomas Jefferson. Uh, that's what I'm just, yeah, yeah, that's the that's one I was... Yeah. <laughs> not the one that was moving on up. <laughs> Even though that's actually a good way to put it, you're going to smoke weed because it gets you high. You know, Jeffersons are moving on up all the time because they're high all the time. Good point. Good point. <laughs> I'm having one. Mm, I'll have what he's having, please. So between 1955 and 1967, uh, the military tested 700 40 soldiers and 900 civilians with LSD. What they would do is wow. they would take these guys uh, and they would lock them in these small, very poorly lit rooms with no doorknobs on the inside for some of the experiments. So those right. experiments would, they would lock them in the box and there would be a guy on a phone talking to him on the other side while this guy was isolated. Others, they were just one-on-one -on -one, um, interviews between the experiment and the scientist. Uh, and there there are multiple uh, videos of these interviews. There's a shit ton of them out there. Mm -hmm. If you watch the uh, documentary Bad Trip to Edgewood, you can see a lot of examples of it. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to play you some of the LSD trips that these guys got into while they were under the care of these doctors at Edgewood. Now, right. a lot of them reacted differently. Some of these guys, they loved like, it. But that's like Dr. Ketchum's whole thing. Is that yeah. He said that basically he felt that the media was focusing on the people that, need, that had a bad bad trip what they, when they really needed to do was go and f focus on the people that like fucking had their minds blown <laughs> right right i agree which is true and i also remember everybody who has tripped on acid uh, or has done any sort of hallucinogen remember the effects that you have when you took either one or two tabs of acid right so it's a feeling of heightened euphoria you start giggling you start maybe getting a little anxious you get kind of in uncontrol your body it's easy for you to get like lost in a closet <laughs> oh yeah well closets are very tricky to get out of with all the clothes in them and you keep on tripping on shoes that's a problem because you keep seeing all your alternate selves right you know what i mean in all the clothes mm -hmm. but what i so imagine taking six times again six to a hundred times more than the normal dose of lsd and then being forced to sit in a chair with a headset on and answer questions from your fucking boss right <laughs> Even if you were just working at the Piggly Wiggly, it's going to be a hard time. Well, I'm sure there's countless people working at Walmart right now tripping nuts off of mushrooms, and uh, they just keep on marking the same mac and cheese box with the uh, 69-cent stamp, and uh, they haven't moved off that box in three hours. But as managing incentive, it's the assistant manager, Herman, fucking right. hassling you while you're tripping balls. Instead, it's like Sergeant at Staff Henderson, and he's got a fucking crew cut, and he's telling you how the Vietnam War is going to go on for another nine years. I can only imagine he's animated like a crumb cartoon. You can just see the saliva spit from his mouth, and every single drop you can feel hit your face as if it's a thousand-pound uh, weight. 
<laughs> Every breath he takes, yeah, you can hear it like it's a echoing through a cave. We're going to toss some tunes underneath these as well, correct? Of course, of oh, course. Yeah. Who do you think you're fucking talking to here? All right, let's get to some rock and roll. Some tunes behind these things, so let's just fucking kick back and get trip hay. Okay. I'm still, I'm sorry, Doc. Come on, baby. I'm That's sorry. Okay. All right. How do you feel? I feel like you're asking me now. I mean, yeah. So How do you feel right now? Can't figure it out. Right. It's hard to figure it out. It's hard to figure. I don't see it. I don't believe it. I feel it. You know, Reaper, Reaper, Reaper. And this is uh, a different really, guy. You know what this is? Uh, Edgewood Austin. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think you could count backwards by seven for me if I gave you a number? Watch. Mm-hmm. All right. How about 101? Taking away sevens. Uh huh. Oh, that's 94. Subtract seven from a hundred and one, and then subtract seven from the number that you get. I can't do that now. (laughs) Okay. We take seven from ninety-eight. So from ninety-eight, ninety-one, or twenty-one. Twenty is a thirty-seven. Got twenty-one. One seven from five dollars. So there's five thirty-five. Everything's moving. I know it's difficult to try. Seven for ninety-eight is what. Uh, and of course, uh, that man's name was Private Frank Zappa. <laughs> <laughs> He went on to be a great rock and roll musician. Yeah, can you imagine? Those are tough questions, though. <laughs> that is not an easy challenge. If you're sober or... Al- they frame it, take right. seven from, take seven from. It's like, that's difficult, first of all, to wrap your head around. Right. Just like, it's like a fucking word puzzle, but it's also like, the, this guy's not smiling at all. But <laughs> I love the, the, the fact that he couldn't answer the question, how are you feeling? That's pretty remarkable, right? Yeah. I mean, that's acid. That is acid. Right. That's yeah. just like, how are you, you doing, buddy? And you just go like, ha, oh, man. How you it's all just big. It's bigger than us, man. Yeah. How you feeling? The wind, man. The wind. All right, all right. And I kind of got a skeleton arm thing going on, you know? I'm kind of feeling skeleton arm a little bit. I, I, I'm kind of, I'm feeling leprechaun's hat right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, at some point, these generals did have to realize that they weren't doing anything to advance a... a uh, a better soldier to ma- to make war uh, something that's going to be fought. Uh, they weren't making our army more superior by doing this. They had to realize that at some point. Absolutely. In fact, one of them was quoted the conclusion that they eventually uh, came upon. Trippy. After, oh, <laughs> this is a trippy as shit, man. Okay, so in 1960, a scientist told an audience of military doctors, he said, it may be possible to so dose a man that he could describe an enemy soldier as green and purple striped, cuboid and nine feet tall, but this is not incapacitation so long as he can still recognize recognize this apparition as an enemy and can shoot him or impale him on a bayonet. Well, their number one flaw is that they don't just see it as a frumpy Russian, which is what that person was probably looking at. They see it as someone that should be killed in Galaxy Galaxy of the Guardians. <laughs> yes, exactly. These soldiers You're playing a video game. Right. Like, that's so much scarier than just seeing a soldier. You know what I mean? And it actually feels like, doesn't it make them more ready to murder? But also... Right. 
it's it's just again they're just making people that want to play the sitar they're not making super <laughs> soldiers I agree. All right, here's some testimony uh, from a guy that went through these tests. This isn't an actual video because a lot of the videos, I'll say, I mean, most mm -hmm. of them are guys, you know, it's like take seven from 91 and from that and from that. As far as right. the LSD videos goes, uh, this is a guy that's describing what his trip was like while he was on LSD. Is it going to be super positive and he had a great time, <laughs> met his wife? Is that what happened? They saw uh, Jimi Hendrix play the uh, play for the first time. I just don't think these these guys realize that a trip sitter needs to be like he needs to have like a friendly beard and like right. kind eyes. You know yeah. what I mean? And he has to have like a lot of oranges and like Thorazine. Like that's what a trip sitter is. Is he's he's Jerry right. Garcia. Yeah. yeah. I'll be your trip sitter. I'm General Patton Jr. I'm trying to prove to my dad that I'm a man. <laughs> All right, take the acid. Yeah, my dad said I wasn't strong enough to beat fellow Marines, but I will prove him wrong. Now let's play Cranium, and if you lose, I'm going to cut off one of your fucking toes. <laughs> well, so, sir, this would be scary if I wasn't on acid. I'm, I'm really intense at Cranium. <laughs> I love Cranium. Great game. Uh, so here's a, a testimony from this guy. I started seeing giant spiders that appeared to be about two or three feet in size all over the walls, and I, I was... I'm not normally scared of spiders, but I mean the size just, just, just blew me away. I could not believe they were in there, and it, it, it frightened me that these things were so big and there were so many of them in a little room. And I started seeing boils on my body and blisters. That's like pretty like Pink Floydy type stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's yeah. pretty intense. And I do like the fact that he was genuinely just scared of the size of them. Right. You know I mean? It wasn't that he was seeing them. It was so, that he was just like, you know, I've seen spiders and yeah, you know, like spiders are normally like small and there are bigger spiders. Love but like, yeah. those spiders are like really big. <laughs> it's interesting though, because I would be I would be totally fine with four or five large spiders on the wall. I can have a good time with that. Okay. Hundreds and thousands of small spiders. I can't deal with all that. That would trip me out hardcore. Yeah. See, you know what? I would rather hundreds of thousands of small spiders than one big six-foot spider. <laughs> you think? I don't know. The six-foot spider could become your friend. I don't think so unless it's down to be your friend. Right. The problem is, first of all, it has to be down to be your friend, and that's a lot of conditions to have with a six-foot spider, especially when you're tripping fucking balls in a deprivation tank right. in the middle of the Pentagon. Why didn't they just go to uh, Greenwich Village and, and uh, just like send in a secret? Uh, you know, they did though. They dosed all. They dosed New York all of them during right. the Operation Big City. They yeah. they got some of it, but I guess that also got to be pretty unstable as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, it all got out of control. Uh, and in fact, we will get later. We will get to an experiment in which they went over to Paris. Uh, to uh, try this type of stuff out. All sorts of shenanigans happen right. over there. We had another Sim-type character. Yeah, another Sim-type character, a guy named Sergeant Clovis. Uh, but we'll, we'll get to Sergeant Clovis later on. Hey, Henry, what does it sound like when Sergeant Clovis ejaculates? I'm having one. <laughs> I'll have a, what she's having. Um, is it an orgasm? It, I, it sounds like one to me. It's possible. <laughs> well, I want to thank your, your co-star there on A to Z for bringing that pornography film to your attention. <laughs> I'm having one. I'm going to say that tonight if I do have one. <laughs>
But another fl- guy, the other LSD flashback. Do you remember the one where he said where the, the police, the, the the doctor's face came off and walked across the table? No, oh, I missed that one. Yeah, he's like, it's again, it's just I mean, like, and I was administered the serum, and uh, I was I was asked several procedural questions, and uh, then um, a heck a, a heck of a thing later, his face <laughs> just kind of popped off like it was Alice in Wonderland and started walking across the table, and it's just like, wait, that sounds ex- <laughs> that sounds the exact way that Bob Denver would have described it. <laughs> now, heck, a heck of a thing happened. I, I'm just so jaded. I think all of us are so jaded now. Yeah. As a matter of fact, Marcus, uh, you and I bonded years ago now over the over a viewing of Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah. And I feel like if we were on acid and all of these experiments were happening to us, giggles. No. Oh. Loved every second of it. <laughs> we actually, we were probably the per, the people that they were looking for. Yeah. We would have been great super soldiers. Who knows? I could have been a doctor. If I got the government to give me some LSD when I was 21, <laughs> I said I had to do it by myself. Right. <laughs> so uh, besides acid, they also gave these soldiers PCP, otherwise known as angel dust, out on the streets. Right. Uh, Crank. Crank. Getting wet. <laughs> I've heard Putting that. a zipper in your brain. Uh, hot step. God's tap shoes. <laughs> uh, right. But the, in addition to uh, filming the LSD experiments, they also filmed the PCP experiments, which are actually quite a bit more entertaining because they gave a guy a shit ton of PCP and right. asked him to run an army obstacle course all by himself. My question here, like, honestly, with this one, I was kind of expecting him to nail this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's I've watched enough... Uh, episodes of the television show cops to know that guys on pcp the one thing they can do they can't speak they can't think but they can run yeah and they can run they run hard what people don't talk about pcp is actually it's very good for doing your taxes oh yeah (laughs) because you could do those taxes in your room you could do those taxes in an office you could do those taxes in the middle of a four-lane highway doesn't matter (laughs) and it doesn't matter Mm-hmm. Well, Henry, what describe what this guy looked like running this obstacle course. He is so slow. <laughs> <laughs> they gave him all this PCP, and then it's just him just sort of going like, Ip. Yeah. It's kind of like, kind of jauntily hops over the things, and he slowly goes up the thing, but you can tell that he thinks he's fucking ripping it up. He is tearing <laughs> this thing apart. But it's weird because he's staring at the wood, uh, the wooden wall that he has to get over, and he's trying to negotiate with it. He's like, I'm going to outthink you. And it's like, it's wood. Just, jump, just hop, get, go. This is the other, again, problem. I'm also thinking they're overdosing him on PCP, too. They're not even giving him what you'd get on the street. No. Hey, by the way, has any any war zone ever been fought in a place that was close to uh, looking like any of these uh, any of these courses? Just mm. random wooden walls. You've never heard of the Syracuse Jungle Gym Wars of the year 2012? <laughs> no, and it's so recent. You would think that I, I would have heard about it. No, it was just a bunch of kids fighting over the the the, the spring horse. When you get uh, on the horse and it wiggles back and forth and it uh, gives. Little kids H- orgasm. <laughs> Henry, you have just, uh, what does it sound like when a uh, little child orgasms? I'm having one. Yeah. You just gave me a flashback. Speaking of drugs and flashbacks that are terrible, the uh, I was a big child. And, you know, the springy horses, it's just one spring there. And you know, kids, no. are, like, they, like to, they like to go back and forth and back and forth. I went uh, forth. Uh, but then I never made it back. <laughs> <laughs> so I just face planted. And then the, the I broke. Yeah, and then the, but did the kids help me? No, they just laughed and laughed, and then I just kind of 
It's important for for you yeah. to be pointed out by other people what is your, your shortcomings. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. Well, luckily, after this guy ran uh, this course, uh, he gave a bit of a post-game interview uh, <laughs> with did. his superiors. So let's hear what this guy had to say following uh, running the course on PCP. I feel pretty good, sir. Are you, are you cold? Uh, no, I'm not cold at all. Are you tired? No, I'm not tired. For I could run. Do some I, work, yes, sir. I could run. I run 100 miles right now. Is that right? That's right. Pretty pepped up, huh? Uh huh. I run through it, and now I feel good, and I'm not tired, and I can run through it again. You see what I mean? Uh. Did Sergeant Fitzgerald give you any uh, instructions about what you were supposed to do tomorrow? Uh, Sergeant Ditchkiss? Uh, uh, yes. Let me see. What was I supposed to do tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow? What is today? Thursday? Today's Thursday. Today's Thursday. Uh-huh. Well. <laughs> Getting there. Tomorrow. Oh, uh, Lost some buttons there. Yeah, and that's when he sort of wanders off, uh, preoccupied with the buttons on his jacket. I think you actually played the wrong clip there. I think that was a deleted scene from Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> Lost some buttons. But he didn't lose. The buttons were on the shirt. But his shirt had come unbuttoned, and he just couldn't. They didn't show the footage of him eating the buttons like they were chocolate chips. Right, right. <laughs> right before the obstacle course. Yeah, the old crunchy raisins, as he called them. These are some crunchy raisins. I gotta tell you, I, I could have a solid three dozen more of these crunchy raisins. <laughs> I would say it didn't look like it when you watch the footage. Uh, he wasn't really exuding himself that hard. He was fairly winded, though. He's raging on PCP. Yeah. I feel like his body's just dealing with the PCP in his system. Because when you see the, you know those foot, the footage of people on PCP, right. they're always like naked and running over cars in the middle of Compton. Like this is a guy. <laughs> There's a guy here in New York City that I've seen. He looks like um like the like the guy who wanted to kill the beast in the uh disney cartoon beauty and the beast mm -hmm. he's just huge and do you know who i'm talking about henry and he would walk around union square shirtless just covered in sweat and in a strut like i've never seen he's he's going nowhere he's <laughs> on a drug called yeah. confidence yes <laughs> But what, Marcus, do you know actually what PCP does to the body that causes you to sort of get winded? Yeah, well, PCP can cause, if you take too much of it, it can cause the sorts of respiratory, respiratory failure that you get with brain damage. Uh -huh. uh, it, it can definitely, I mean, it, being out of breath is a fairly common thing. If you give this guy enough PCP, like, for example, like Henry said, they gave him 100 times the amount of LSD, so they gave these guys way too much of the drug for them to have, like, a right. good time Friday night party. So these guys are, you know, there's, if they would have given him less, he probably wouldn't have been able to do more. And let's just reiterate, 1955 to 1975, that's how long these experiments went on for. Shouldn't this... 55 to 67. 55 to 67. Shouldn't this have uh, just been solved in four hours? <laughs> uh, when we gave him drugs, they saw... Too much 
LA, that was too right. much PCP right there. I'm pretty certain. Do you, do you remember when we gave per, uh, uh, Private Laraman like uh, 97 milligrams of PCP and then he clung to the lamp for two days? Well, it depends what kind of army you want. Do you want someone clinging to a lamp that sees spiders and gets winded and can't run an obstacle course? Or do you want somebody who, uh, well, never mind. Let's just let's just go with the, let's just go with that army. Our strategy is called freak them out. <laughs> so now this the next drug that they tested on on our soldiers BC. Now this was the thing that inca that could capacitate someone for up to three days, correct? And uh, oh they, yeah, it, it lasted for up to three days. They said that they rapidly mumbled. They would just pick obsessively at things. Uh, one guy, uh, Sim, the guy that we talked about in the last episode, the wacky doctor mm -hmm. with the uh, arm bone. I miss him. Yeah, I know. Well, we've got another wacky character coming up, so, you know, you'll, you'll fall in love again, Henry. Uh, he said that subjects sometimes display something approaching wit, not in the form of wordplay, but as a kind of sarcasm or unexpected frankness. So they're sort of like... Like a Ricky Gervais type they become? Is that what happens? It seems more like, you know, kids say the darndest things. Right. <laughs> kind of things being like, your tongue's real pink, but it's just because he's fucking tripping balls. <laughs> Showing some wit there. Showing some good wit. And I'd imagine probably extremely insubordinate as far as an army guy goes. Right. Yeah, so uh, the effects lasted for days at a time. Uh, the uh, volunteers, they said that when they were on the drug, they were cut off from their own minds completely, just kind of going from one experience to the next. Uh, they said some of the visions that they saw, uh, one of them said he saw tiny baseball players uh, playing baseball on a tabletop. Uh, another. Oh, that's a... <laughs> Honestly, that's incredible. <laughs> I would love that. Every one of these trips they're describing, I feel comfortable saying that I would enjoy. Yeah, one of them said that an animal or different people or objects would just suddenly appear and then they'd suddenly disappear. Right. Uh, another one said this. Uh, he said, I had a great urge to smoke, and when I thought about it, a lit cigarette appeared in my hand. I could actually smoke the cigarette. And the come down on it was pretty fucking terrible. Mm. As they started to come down, they had uh, anxiety, aggression, pure fucking terror. In fact, Ketchum, uh, the guy, the apologist for all this, and the guy that says they actually did great work, he built padded cells to uh, keep these guys from hurting themselves right. while they were coming down. One of them actually escaped. He started running around. He thought that there were murderers after him. Another one, uh, he said that he saw bugs, worms, one snake, one monkey, and numerous rats. And <laughs> but that's a laundry, that's a fucking laundry list of terrors right. right there. I was just, I had just broken into the zoo. Yeah. <laughs> and he thought that his skin was constantly covered in blood that he couldn't wash off. Uh, another right. one broke a wooden chair and smashed a hole in the wall after tearing off a four by seven foot panel of padding uh, so that it took three assistants and catch himself uh, to subdue the guy. He said that he thought that they were all trying to kill him. Of so, course. I uh, mean, that doesn't seem completely irrational. They are the people who poisoned them. Yeah. To the point where they were tripping nuts for three days. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember I was on when I was on one of my worst trips that I've ever had. It, it's it's strange the kind of the preoccupations that you can have, especially you almost on a normal dose of LSD. And I got in my car and I appeared to be very small, and the car was very big, and that really freaked me the fuck out. Did you drive your car? I got in the car. Was it moving? I did. I got back to the house. There wasn't a lot in between. <laughs> it was just like one of those things where I was driving. I was like, oh, man. He's like, man, you know what? I'm done tripping. I can get, I can drive home. Right, and I right. like got in the car, and then it was just like, 
man, this car is so big and I'm so small. I and did, then I had a panic attack. I did a similar thing on uh, with chocolates on mushrooms. Huh. I remember that mushrooms always kept me awake, and I was like, I want to go see my friends in Milwaukee. Uh, and so I just took a couple of chocolates, and then halfway through the trip, holy Lord, that was an interesting drive. Oh. And uh, R.E.M. still makes me cry. <laughs> God, that's a hell of a band. And everybody does hurt sometimes. And sometimes they hurt when they're driving, tripping nuts, trying to go see some buddies. Well, I'll tell you this. There is a toilet in Lubbock, Texas, that is a portal to hell. I will attest yeah. to that. <laughs> there, it is there. But, you know, but eventually, if you wait it out, you can ride out of that toilet onto the roller coaster out into space. So you had your head in the toilet for a little while. A long time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Real long time. And the roller coaster to space was my bed. See, that's the, that's a great ending to any television show. You know, what was it? Uh, was it Dallas that ended in the snow globe? In the No, that would yeah, the shower. That's what that was. That was the shower. What was the snow globe ending? Uh, St. Elsewhere. A, uh, just a movie, a television series needs to end with a person's head in the toilet, and the whole thing was a trip. <laughs> and he's a, he's a soldier in 19... 19- so, like, I, every, pretty much every single day, I'm waiting to, like, wake up and be seven years old again. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and I yeah. just, like, wake up, and it's all been a weird long dream. But that's right. also because I've smoked a lot of weed here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, it's, yeah. It's L.A., and you're living the dream, uh, Henry, and everyone's very proud of you. Thank you. You're welcome. So there is uh, a particular experiment that they did on these guys with BZ, and this one is uh, extremely cruel. Can you uh, answer, what what is BZ? Is it a combo of... It's a compound. Just, it, okay. It's just a chemical. It's just like LSD. It's a uh, Was it ever manu- on the streets? Was no. It ever, no, no, no. no, no. Okay. It's, it's just a lab-manufactured drug. Okay. Uh, it was not a good one. Three days at a time is a bit much, you know, peyote. Yeah, they, they couldn't make it groovy enough to sell to America, so they're like, <laughs> we'll save it for the fucking, for the Iranians. Right, but that is an interesting point, though. I mean, we know about yeah. LSD, we know about PCP, and, and, you know, there's a lot of theories out there that the government kind of, you know, dropped a couple of bags on the street when they were walking to the old federal plaza or federal building or whatever. Well, PCP and, was originally made by a pharmaceutical company as, of all things, a sedative. Wow, they, yeah. they got it wrong. <laughs> I thought you were saying that that was that was actually released on National Opposite Day. Uh, <laughs> thing was off because it was a big prank day, so everything was kind of okay. Yeah. So they did a good job of keeping this BZ under wraps, though. That's how dangerous it was. Yeah, it was just a bad drug, and it could be that it was also very difficult to synthesize on you know on the public zone. It, it's sure. who knows about this stuff. Uh, but in 1962, uh, Ketchum had an entire Hollywood-style set constructed in the middle of the forest outside of Edgewood as a a makeshift communications outpost. So what the plan was is that they would get three soldiers in this outpost for three days. Hmm. And all of them except for one of the dudes would be given BZ. One of the guys would be given a placebo. uh, And then the soldiers would receive a stream of commands and messages all based on a fictional scenario. Right. Uh, And so the... Here's my question. If you got the placebo and both of the people around you are tripping nuts. All three three out of the four. Three out of the four. Don't you feel like you're the one tripping? <laughs> you're you're in the you're in the minority. Everyone's like, no, this is normal to be up at three o'clock in the morning. We've got things to do. What's wrong with you, man? That's what's probably so incredibly cruel about the experiment. Also because placebo effects are known to be real. Yeah. Like people you watching other people trip balls, you are definitely gonna start feeling residual effects. Right. You're gonna feel like you're going nuts too. And watching them lose it, it's got to be torture. Yeah. Now you can stream the live TV you love for just 40 bucks a month with Sling TV. Get your favorite channels and shows for the best price. 
If you want live sports, Sling has all the football playoffs and pro and college basketball. Stay up to date with breaking news from around the world with MSNBC, CNN, and Fox News. Sling also has reality, TV, popular entertainment, kid shows, and more. Sling costs almost half as much as other live TV providers, so you can watch more and pay less. Sling is easy. Sign up in minutes, stream at home or on the go on up to three devices, and record up to 50 hours with included DVR space. Get flexible channel lineups that put you in control. Pause, change, or cancel your service at any time. You'll never get locked into a long-term contract. Check out Sling.com for special offers. Sling, the live TV you love for a price you love. The last podcast on the left is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Thanks, Squarespace. With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website all on your own terms. Don't let anybody tell you what to do. This ain't your mama's website platform. It is, actually. It's actually be very easy for your mother to learn. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine. It's a next-generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. I thought it was just the name of what my blood pressure medication turned me into. I'm, I'm peeing. Now, my goals for the year are I have two warehouses Filled with horse picks. Now, I know a lot of people, uh, obviously this bit has been done, but the Zendaya centaur picks are not going anywhere. And I've been trying to get the Judge Reinhold sitting on the Clydesdale line out. Uh, I need these moved, okay, because I have to move into the storage unit. Let's just say there are problems at home. So I need Squarespace to shoot this through the roof for me this year. And that's why I'm going to go full tilt. And not only are you going to get the Judge Reinhold sitting on the Clydesdale entire series, clothes and non-clothes, what we also are going to offer, and I mean this, we're trying to get into giraffe rides. I brought this up the other day. We got to start riding other animals but horses. Take pictures of the horses. Photoshop the horses into other celebrities, but stop riding them. Save a horse, ride a giraffe with Squarespace. Go head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com. Hey, did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. The experts at Fast Growing Trees curate thousands of plants for all climates, locations, and needs. Available 24-7, you can talk to a plant expert about your soil type, landscape design, and how best to take care of your plants. I love fast growing trees because i just moved here to los angeles i got a yard now and i'm doing all the landscaping myself i love working in my garden i love planting stuff i love growing stuff and the cool thing about fast growing trees that i really like is that they tell you exactly what type of growing zone you're in i'm in growing zone 10 and they can tell you exactly what type of trees or plants 
or whatever you can put out in front of your house. Uh, I'm looking at the Norfolk Island pine tree. I'm looking at putting a little bit of red sister cordyline up in front of my fence. I think that'll the red will really pop nice. And maybe for the backyard, I got an extra planter that I might put a pl- Satsuma plum tree in. And these prices are reasonable. They're reasonable if you've ever been to a nursery. Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. It's sports. Prize picks. Football season may be over, but the action on the floor, oh, it's eaten up. Whether it's tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. Yeah! Toss that rock! Come on, guys! Yeah, pass it around. Get on the excitement with Price Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious caps. Whether it's hula hoops or earring hoops, you're going to know everything you need to know about sports. You can now win up to 100 times your money on Price Picks with as little as four correct picks. Conference tournaments are here, which means the biggest moments in college basketball are getting closer. Basket. Oh, Price Picks even offers injury insurance so that your entry stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. I sure wish that Bobby Bonilla was still in the game because I would pick him to go all the way. Can you imagine Bobby Bonilla playing basketball? Woo-wee, dog. Then it would be more like baseball, but Bobby Bonilla would still be crushing it in the contract game. Woo! The deadliest game of all. Download the app today. And use code LEFT for a first deposit match up to $100. That's code LEFT for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. And they also upped the uh, paranoia in this room. They, for some reason, put a huge switch on the wall uh, and hung a sign above it that just said, Danger, do not touch. Of course. For no reason. It's a good that's a good way to tell someone to not touch something. Right, yeah. <laughs> and then they put cameras behind the wall panels uh, so they could watch them the entire time. And so after the BZ took effect, they triggered an, triggered an alarm that a chemical attack had happened. And as far as these guys knew, oh this was all real. Like I mean, they did theoretically, not... a chemical uh, a chemical attack did happen, but it was on three or four, <laughs> uh, three uh, out of four of the guys. Yeah. So all the men went to put on their gas masks, uh, but there was um, the one guy that uh, couldn't do it. His name was Ronald uh, Z- Zadrozny. A very, very fucking sad story on this guy. Tiny little guy with soldiers, very mild ma- mannered, yeah. of course. Uh, and uh, it said, Ketchum said later. If he panicked at some point, the others could no doubt subdue him, assuming, of course, that the lower dosages would not remember rem- render them too incompetent to react appropriately. So they gave him 
They gave him the delirium-producing dose. They gave this is the guy that got the highest dose of everyone. Oh my! And the smallest one. Would specifically choose the weakest. Yeah. That was like their favorite. Like with certain experiments, so it's like when they were doing the astronaut class experiments, the idea was to choose the strongest soldiers in order to test them, in order to right. like basically see how much they could withstand. With these experiments, they were specifically choosing the weakest members to give the most drugs to. Yeah, that's because we 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 wanted to win the space race. Yeah. I don't know what war we were trying to even. What, what, this is all Cold War stuff. Right. Yeah, all of it's Cold War. Uh, so the entire the entire drug trip of uh, Zardozny lasted about 36 hours. He would salute officers that weren't there. Uh, he thought that a drape uh, partitioning the toilet was just a bunch of dudes hanging out that weren't there. Uh, he stayed up all night. He'd pace. He'd mumble. Uh, he'd try to escape, but they wouldn't. They wouldn't let him out. Uh, yeah. And uh, as he like try kind of started to come out of it a little bit, he'd just sit in front of the switchboard uh, and. Uh, one of the guys said to him, like, okay, you can't hear anything unless you have the telephone up to your ear. And the only thing he said was, it wasn't working with the electrodes. Ah, uh, yes, yes, of course. Yeah. That is always a problem with the telephone. If you got the electrodes in your brain, your brain jelly, it's so hard to have the telephone up to your ear because all you'll hear is Madonna's, uh, uh, you know, gavoke. <laughs> yeah. It's Madonna's vogue that keeps getting kind of pumped in by your own brain. Seems like he was acting sort of like a... An average tea party or on, a, on the 4th of July. <laughs> Just random salutes. <laughs> so over the 36 hours, uh, Ketchum and the other scientists fed 200 phony tactical messages, warnings of chemical attacks, and various other pieces of intelligence to the men in the room. The only problem was they ran out of script before the experiment ended. They fucking blew their load on all the things they had to say. So they, they just got to go straight to the blooper reel. <laughs> yeah. You can't improvise this? Uh, he said uh, He said in his memoir, he said, In an urgent brainstorming session, we put our heads together and came up with an agonizingly improvised scenario. We told the military communicators to start sending new intelligence to the group inside the room in a simple code. The messengers informed the men that enemy forces were planning to move a train loaded with chemical weapons along a certain route. Eventually, catch him in the technicians resorted to gibberish using poker terms referring to the dealer and a full house as the BZ Edel soldiers struggled to interpret their code. Because it's literally just being like, and uh, we get, uh, is this, uh, is this a Drozny? Is it Drozny? Uh, you wouldn't believe it, but there's, there's like nine pelicans and they're all, they're all right. playing, they're all playing cribbage out here. It's in a submarine. And again, is there like, anything you can do about it? There's one guy in there who was stone sober. Yeah. It was just like, what is happening? Yeah. And, but as Henry said, the placebo effect, I mean, I'm sure he was affected by it. I mean, it reminds me sort of of the difference between Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton. Like Buster Keaton, the world was crazy. <laughs> Chaplin, he was the one making the world crazy. This guy, it was, he was just living in a Buster Keaton world. Yeah. He kept calling it. You know, every time they sent a message, they're like, okay, Hey man, okay. So there's there's this guy. He's made out of burgers, and he's gonna show up, and he's gonna he's gonna beg you to eat him, but you can't. And you're not allowed to eat him. Don't eat him. Oh, I like that trip. I'd eat, always eat the burger. I always eat the burger, man. He's gonna fucking walk. Look what he's doing. He's gonna go. He's looking out the window. <laughs> Uh, he, uh, yeah, in 95, he killed himself and uh, also uh, killed his wife. Sure, sure. Mm. So it's a sad ending. Yeah. <laughs> Negative effects. He was old, though. He made it a long time. Yeah. yeah. You're going to see that as a common thing. Basically, all of these guys 
had a very bad end because yeah. most of them were pretty because they didn't know what they were being given and they weren't totally explained to that it wasn't totally explained to them like what they were going through and honestly the doctors didn't even no. know what was going to happen to them when it when they were administering to them it wasn't that it wasn't even totally explained it wasn't explained at all. they were yeah. lied to yeah yes so they um a lot of these people thought they were genuinely going insane right. and so sometimes just the thought of me that you feel you're genuinely going insane can kind of spin you off yeah. In fact, oh, let's hear let's hear some testimony from a guy talking about that exact feeling. This is one of the uh, Edgewood uh, people. Two weeks after I left Edgewood uh, is when the flashback started, and they have lasted now for twenty years until I finally got some medication to help me control it. It don't never stop in your mind. But the medications keep you from being terrified over it. And uh, this is the way I've lived all these years. I thought I was going plumb crazy. And uh, I was afraid of that, too. I, I didn't know what to do. And I, I lived with it until I got out of service in 1959. I came home and, and tried to work. I could not hold work, could not hold a job. My mind just wouldn't function. What I will say is I go plumb crazy every single time there's a fruit sale of the Albertsons. <laughs> but that's a different story. That's a joke. That's a joke and not what happened. You know. No, I mean, it's just weird because you, when you think of soldiers coming home from war, you think of their, their families out there applauding them, uh, random people in the community on the streets hailing them as heroes. This guy just came back like a person from Woodstock. <laughs> he just he just came back uh, like uh, like that character from Taxi that uh, was that Lloyd. Uh, what's that guy's name? Travis Bickle. Bickle? <laughs> you bring a Bickle up? It's that name that rhymes with pickle. It's Travis Bickle. Love the Bickle. He is very. It's 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 honestly it's a fucking shame because yeah. they had no idea what they went through and they they and they again what we said before there was no outpatient program. Yeah. There was no there right. was no helping these people and a lot of times what you'll hear is like with with another one of these testimonies is that basically he says he's like I had to keep my pain a secret mm -hmm. like like a lot of these guys like mm -hmm. what he was saying it's like because again think about this these are not normal flat. Flashbacks. It's like I've had flashbacks. Like certain patterns move for me. I've done enough hallucinogens that it's like I'll I'll have like an experience where like I had an acid flashback during the middle of Pretty Face the first season when I was submerged in water and I had to pop my head out of this water. And I I had a full-on flashback and it's vivid and crazy, but not to the level of these guys how much acid they had to take. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Congress ordered that all the test subjects were uh, to be given health checkups, but out of 2,500 people that were on record as to being tested with various drugs, only 220 were reexamined, and of those, all the reports said that there were no physical long-term risks, but out of those people polled, 24% uh, of them reported long-term adverse effects, and all of those were psychological. The, right. There are a ton of testimonies on Bad Trip to Edgewood, just guy after guy. There's another guy that, that just is like he's like I can't touch my kids he's like I can't tell my wife what I am going through he said he once put his wife through a wall and didn't remember it right, like, right. it was just something that he just went fucking insane he just had done, he has not then as the years go by he gets worse and worse and worse and it is i was actually going to bring up the roger goodell nfl like uh concussion situation it's very similar you know they keep yeah. it secret for so long 
And, Absolutely. Uh, and the reason, and yeah. Ketchum actually does give a reason for why they didn't tell these guys uh, that there was going to be any, that there could be any sort of adverse effects. He says that uh, the reason why they didn't tell them was because he said it was like a doctor telling a patient that there was something wrong with them when there was less than a 1% chance that they might actually have that. But I always say that's, that's the doctor's job to tell you if you're possibly going to die. Yeah. I think so. To me, it right. seems like you should you should have at least imagined like isn't what exactly, could happen to them. Yeah, isn't that exactly opposite, as a matter of fact, of what a doctor is supposed to do? The doctor's always supposed to tell you what could be wrong. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but he said that if they if there was less that he thought there was less than one percent chance of them having any kind of adverse psychological effects. Right. So he thought that if he he told them that there was the possibility of psychological after effects, then those after effects would be imagined. That the guys would start to think like, oh, this is because I did this L S D experiment. The reason why I've got anxiety is because of this L S D experiment. Right, right. I'll right. also say too is that there maybe there also is some truth that they I mean again, the people who don't want to talk about it I imagine could have had a positive experience and there probably were people who did have a positive experience even like one man said one of the guys in a bad trip to Edgewood basically said I'll I would I would go back and I'd do it again we all know people that can take drugs and people that can't and growing up there were people who went into the military and then there was people who went to college and the people who went to college could take drugs and for the most part the people that I know that went into the military were not drug addicts no and so you're also testing on some of the more um, type A, what type A personalities, right? Just very like matter of fact, like this is the way the world is, and nothing will ever change it. These are the facts. Absolutely, right. and LSD and something specifically like LSD. It's like the idea is that I feel again, if if you have not experimented with LSD, it is a worthwhile, beautiful thing to do. It's hallucinogens are really great for your brain, but the thing is, is that you need to be a willing participant, and it's creating a proper environment. And this was not exactly the grooviest environment to be given a hundred times the normal dose of LSD. You know, you got a bunch of people with huge teaching. Uh, huge teeth and crew cuts screaming at you. Yeah, one test subject uh, said that the entire experience, quote, tugged at his patriotism. Yeah, I fucking bet. Yikes. Yeah. And one guy actually did sue the government to find out what the drugs, uh, they to find out what drugs they actually gave him. Yeah. Uh, and the government did admit, they were like, yes, we did give you an overdose of LSD, but he was not able to sue for any monetary gain or for any sort of, um, you know, paying for medical bills or anything like that uh, because the government has immunity from being sued by its own servicemen. Well, isn't that convenient? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that, but yeah, a, a Marine cannot sue the government uh, for anything that the government has done. That's a good, that's a, n n that doesn't exist in any other area of American life. No. It just seems like if you, if, of, of all the people who would sue the U.S. government, it would be people that got hurt by serving them. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, so, you know, as a soldier saying that, you know, because my lieutenant made a mistake, I lost my arm, so I hold the government uh, culpable for it. I mean, then again, though. Because that went, but part of that, when they sued them and basically they popped on the other side, when journalist Linda Hunt basically said, when they went through all the paperwork and they were like, there are eight Nazi scientists from Project Paperclip that are fucking the bosses of this whole program. <laughs> right. And it's just like, and so they were trying to say, like, oh, you can't compare it to the Nazi, like, experiment 
segments and like what Mengele did, but it's like, you got the fucking staff. You got the whole staff, all the nurses right. and shit are all like trying not to zig heil each other like in fucking Doctor Strange Club. But it's like, we have to trust them because now they're American. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. In fact, the dissenting mm-hmm. judge uh, in the case, you know, saying that, you know, the servicemen couldn't sue the government, he compared it to uh, Nazi experiments in his yeah. judgment. You know, I he mean, brought it, the Nazis up by name. It's a tough sell, though. You have you have certain people that were sent into war zones where the army, the U.S. government knew they were just going to die. They were just human shields for the most part. Those guys, you know, they, they're real heroes. And uh, then you have all other people who were just, like, you know, completely uh, mutilated and, and mangled because of uh, wrong government inf- uh, information that they were given about, you know, invading certain homes and stuff. And then you have somebody being like, they gave me acid. <laughs> they gave me the thing that kids like to do on the weekends. There isn't a lot of sympathy, I don't think, from the American people when it comes to the people who were forced to take hallucinogenic party drugs. Yeah. It seems like it's the downside of having a volunteer army. Or it's like that this is the problem that they, that they, Well, this wasn't volunteer yet. This wasn't this was still I guess uh, this wasn't. No, this yeah. was I guess this was draft. No, again, yeah, during Vietnam was draft. So yeah, they were they were all just stuck between a rock and a hard place. And again, yeah. they they were asked to like who wants to get out of weekend cooking duty who doesn't want to clean the kitchen this weekend but if you frame it like that who wants to be scrubbing old fucking lasagna off of pans especially when linda makes it because linda's got a heavy hand with the fucking oregano yeah she was <laughs> turning up the oven too uh too high getting that lasagna stuck all over the pan well i want to talk about uh to, to go back to edgewood for a bit uh a man who started off in edgewood but actually took the entire operation off-site on behalf of the United States Army, a man named Major Ernest Robert Clovis. Ah, uh, Clovis. So, the Army, not content with just sticking to their own soldiers in America in a military base, uh, tested on them, they decided they needed to take the whole operation over to Europe. So they had a three-man unit, which was named the Special Purpose Team. Uh, All right. <laughs> from, that's from the jerk, right? Yeah. <laughs> Special Purpose. <laughs> so that was an officer from Army Intelligence, a doctor from the Medical Corps, and an officer from Edgewood who was Major Ernest Robert Clovis. He right. was a chemist and a psychologist. He worked very closely with our man Sim uh, that we talked about in the last episode. Clucky Cluck, the chicken-based clown. Yeah. <laughs> he, clown in a chicken costume. Does it have to be? Can, do, come, do I have to explain everything? <laughs> I would only purchase your services if you also have a clown. In a <laughs> chicken and clown makeup. It's a chicken themed clown. Right. <laughs> but do you hold do you hold a chicken in clown makeup as well? That would be like a fun sidekick. I'm Clucky Cluck, and I hope everybody has got enough acid. <laughs> So Clovis, hmm. like all the rest of the people who worked at Edgewood, was a bit of an eccentric. Uh, he kept an entire cabinet filled with little jars and vials. One of the jars, w- or one of the vials, was labeled putrescence. Uh, which oh yeah, that's just the the pickled eggs that Henry <laughs> keeps in his. Uh, Closets as well. It was a substance that smelled like rotting flesh, mm. and he was call it the stinky jello. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, it uh, sounded better. Mm. Yeah. I'll just have the Nutella, please. Yeah. And he maintained that it could be used as a non-lethal weapon. Absolutely, because it's just stinky juice, and you just spray yeah. stinky juice on somebody, and it just makes them. I guess it makes them bad at meetings. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That was a better. It's a better time, you know, when they were just like thinking of warfare, being like, "This will make them feel all icky." That's great. <laughs> 
<laughs> so in April of 1961, uh, the special uh, purpose team, uh, they flew over to Europe uh, for something called Operation Third Chance. That's kind of on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we were like, this is your third chance, Europe. We've saved your asses twice. This is it. So their whole thing was just to dose people with LSD and see what happened. Uh, and in each country, they'd join with local operatives, and they'd rehearse these huge scenarios to bring people to the spot where they could be given LSD and interrogated. They would what we're going to do is we're going to give out this free stuff. It's called disco soup. Right, right, right. <laughs> some potatoes in there. we got some carrots in there, and it's just fucking just like you see that pink stuff all, all, all over the top of it? That's pure LSD. Right. From now on, Patty... <laughs> From now on, your from now on, your official names are the Glitter Boys. <laughs> Get out there and dance, guys. Aren't we undercover? You put on that LED light hat and you shut up. <laughs> well, they would bring people in that they thought were Soviet dissidents or people that had some sort of connection to the Soviets. Right. Uh, Anybody with a wool hat. <laughs> 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 they'd bring them in uh, and they'd make them comfortable. They'd offer them refreshments. Uh, and when they gave the person the drink, of course, there would be powdered LSD inside. And then they would start interrogating the person. Uh, but they weren't content to just it. They thought, all right, we've done it on regular people. Let's try it on an American soldier over here in France. So they gave LSD to this guy. His name was Private James uh, Thornwell. Uh, he was from South Carolina, and he was the only black guy at the entire station. Apparently, he would uh, had a bit of a contentious relationship with his superior. Uh, he'd been demoted, uh, and he was also suspected of stealing 172 classified documents uh, that had gone missing. So they figure this guy, we don't like him. So what happened was his superior stole 170 documents and then blamed it on him. I would imagine yeah. so, yes. Okay. Is it yeah. on the only, the only black soldier right. in the middle of France? Yeah. Then yeah. they give him a bunch of LSD. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, they figure we don't like this guy. We need a scapegoat. He's black. We can do whatever we want what to him. What was the name of that movie? The, uh, the Tuskegee Airmen? Yeah, fuck that movie. <laughs> there needs to be a film about this uh, unsung American hero. By the way, the guy that they gave 100 times the dosage, uh, the normal dose of acid, uh, acid to at Edgewood, that guy was also black. Wow. So, you know, what's also interesting is that this guy actually turned into uh, the story of the legend of Bagger Vance. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that, but that's a fact. Sort of magic caddy after. <laughs> so uh, they, for 99 days, this guy possibly had it the worst out of any other person who got, went under LSD testing. Uh, for 99 days, he was on acid and was interrogated continuously. He was in a small room, kept awake for really long stretches of time. Uh, they wouldn't give him access to food, water, a toilet. One of the interrogators told him, if you talk, you get your physical needs taken care of. He was beaten. They called him racial slurs. Uh, what did they want him to talk about? The uh, d the they documents. They were basically trying to kind of gaslight him yeah. into to, to talking about, I guess, either the documents or the thing he was doing. Right. And the, the idea is to also just kind of see what would happen. And he was uh, he told, uh, his, the, his interrogators told him that they were there to protect him from white soldiers who were trying to hunt him down and kill him. Uh, they told him they were protecting him from assassins working in French intelligence. Uh, and eventually the guy just, I mean, he kind of couldn't fucking take it anymore. Just took a big old shit on his interrogator's desk. Thank Oh, that's great. <laughs> so mad when that happened to him because he knew how special his desk was. Everybody knew because that's where he kept his eggs. 
It all comes down to funny college pranks, doesn't it? It really does. And he did a hell of a job keeping himself sane. Or sane. He uh, would play imaginary chess on the wall. Uh, he dictated a whole novel. Like, he would just, wow. just dictate it out loud. Uh, but, I mean, it really wasn't I mean it wasn't good enough I mean he said that every day like he didn't know who he was where he was he didn't know why it was happening uh, and then finally after 90 days uh, the army did a, a test on him. a military psychiatrist did a test on him and said that he exhibited quote an antisocial personality with paranoid trends that's so weird he didn't like he didn't become a pop star after this wild <laughs> however he is one of the very few people to actually gain uh, some sort of monetary settlement from the US government for the mistreatment in 1980 <laughs> two uh, South Carolina senators uh, obtained a private congressional bill for him and he was awarded six hundred and twenty five thousand dollars wow that's actually very impressive i believe strom thurman was the uh was the senator there in south carolina at the time really strom yeah really yes that's weird yes <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's, he's a segregationist he's a racist yeah i know that's why it's weird yeah well you know. well four years after that he was found dead in a swimming pool uh, uh. at the age of 40 at the age of 46 years old isn't that interesting? That's the exact story to some degree of... Uh, uh, Rodney King? Dead. <laughs> In the bottom of a swimming pool. <laughs> it is uh, It is such a Crazy. shame. Like, again, it's, it's just... Like, but we see a lot of that even modern day of bullying within the army. And, like, any one of the armed forces, it's a, it's a machismo thing. It's, it's been fucked for a long time. And these poor fuck... It's, it's just... It's horrible. Never get a swimming pool. Your kids will die in it or you'll die in it. It's, it's the problem is the swimming pool. I agree. <laughs> Thank you, Henry. It's the problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there was another loss, lawsuit in 2009. Uh, that was done by the Vietnam Veterans of America and the Swords to Plowshares and eight Edgewood veterans against uh, the CIA, the Army, and various other agencies. Uh, essentially, what all they wanted was they wanted uh, they asked the court to defend to determine that the defendants' actions were illegal and that the defendants have a duty to notify all victims and to provide them uh, with health care. Uh, and the uh, plaintiffs actually did not seek any monetary damages at all uh they only uh they sought quote only declaratory and injunctive relief and redress for what they claimed was several decades of neglect and the u.s government's use of them as guinea pigs in chemical and biological agent testing experiments and the judges found that the army has an ongoing duty to warn and ordered the army through the dva or otherwise to provide test subjects with newly acquired information that may affect their well-being that has learned since its original notification now and in the future as it becomes available. So as of 2009... You're say you're sorry. <laughs> yep. That's all that was. Yeah, so that's pretty much it. Uh, but uh, on the other end, it is on the books now that from 2009 on, if there is any sort of medical testing, then by law, the Army has to inform them of the effects uh, that it has had on various other soldiers or the possible effects that it may have on them on in the future. I want to sign up for the Molly one. <laughs> That's going to be huge. I'll, I can't Can I wait. on the new ho-ho test? <laughs> when he starts testing the ho-hos to be released back into the United States population, I'd like to be a part of that test. And they don't got to warn me of shit.
Because I know what's good. That's right. Well, the official Department of Defense uh, position on all of this is uh, they said that they, quote, did not detect any significant long-term health effects on the Edgewood Arsenal volunteers. So while they did have to acknowledge, while the Army did have to acknowledge that these tests were done and they did have to acknowledge that they had to give these people this information, their official stance is still that they did nothing wrong. Yeah, of course, because in the end, they said the, what we said constantly to all of the different validations of like they volunteered, we gave right. them opportunities to leave, even though it was all bullshit. Yeah, the only thing they've, re- I mean, they can't really justify MK Ultra, uh, but you know, th- this was something that they, if they can justify it, they will. This is a little bit like MK Ultra Light, though. It's very much MK Ultra Light. Yeah. No, yeah, what yeah. it is is the, it's basically it gave them the due diligence and the research to know how much it's like. Basically, all they want needed out of this experiment was just directly see how much LSD does it take for their brains to fucking like literally crawl out of their noses. You know. Well, you know? there's that, but I'm you know the, these uh, dose measures from uh, measurements that uh, pharmaceutical companies say are uh, recommended for individuals. Those those don't come from nowhere. You know, I'm sure all these studies were used. Uh, by big pharma and things like that to uh, to create a bunch of different kind of medicines that we're currently all addicted to. Just so you know, you might not want to give them this much PCB because it makes them really bad at obstacle courses. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Noted. So that's pretty much the story of Edgewood. Uh, that's pretty intense. I mean, like, uh, right. I, I, I'm glad that it's covered by the by the New Yorker. But it's, you know, that that's all the information. It's like we tested on our soldiers. And again, it just proves if one thing is real, if, the, if these ludicrous things are documented and proven by our courts, then what does it mean? What else is real? Yeah. What else is that? Like, what do we not know about? I think this one's actually not the worst situation that's ever happened. I don't think it's the worst thing that the U.S. government has ever done. But uh, it's an interesting one. That's for damn sure. Yeah. It's just, it's just the. I, I would still, even knowing this, if I had to go back into a time machine and I was sitting somewhere and someone was like, three day weekend, you want to go to Edgewood? I'd be like, absolutely. <laughs> let's rock and roll. Yeah, like, let's fucking do this, bro. Can I bring my guitar? That's what you want. Right. But it's just, it's, you know, hopefully it would be like that. But the problem is, it's just, again, it's. It's more about mentality. It's how our government views our soldiers as, as like pieces on a chessboard. That's it. That is how they view them. But that's how the soldiers view themselves in a lot of ways. Yeah, I guess so. But it's still point. very sad. But we so this is we we got this. So fucking uh, I hope you, I hope you ate some mushrooms. Right. And you're doing it in your own way, your own Edgewood experiments. But it involves like get some fucking like b- paint. Oh. Yeah, have one wall that you're going to repaint in a week or or the next day. Get some finger paints and just have a bunch of people over. Yeah. Ruin a wall night. <laughs> here's a couple other good uh, Here's a couple of tips, all right? Get a bag of random ass costumes and put them in a duffel. Great, like put a, get a idea. bunch of random costumes and go out to your quad or your college or the fucking main square or your tiny town and just walk around and eat a bunch of mushrooms and just walk around and you know, try buying a bicycle. <laughs> It's a great idea. <laughs> and uh, go to the Cave Comedy Radio page and uh, buy a T-shirt yeah, or cave, uh, donate. CaveComedyRadio.com slash last podcast on the left. Yeah. That's where you can go to buy your very own last podcast on the left T-shirt. You get it free with a donation of $25 or more if you're a United States resident or $40 more if you live anywhere else in the entire world. And you don't even have to give us 20 If you want to just go in and give us like a dollar or $5, something like that, every tiny little bit helps, and we appreciate uh, anything that you guys can, uh, can give to us for, uh, for doing this show.
Yeah, because we were planning on a, tr a trip out to the UK. That's right. And that's a part of what's going to help us fund that, which we're very excited for. Can't wait for yeah. the UK tour. So uh, in order to uh, help us out with that, it would be amazing if you went to iTunes and like left a comment or something and be like, Ben's tall, and then he's also fat, and then he's also the ugliest. Say something like that. It doesn't yeah. matter what you say. Just uh, Yeah, and, and all you UK listeners out there, like send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com or go to the Facebook group and post and just let us know where you live. Like let us know yeah. where in England, you know, the biggest concentration the last podcast fans are uh so yeah we're planning this thing out and we're gonna be uh we're gonna be coming to fucking england we're gonna become england <laughs> we're happy of all the suggestions people gave me to go to los angeles i'm gonna be in los angeles i'm going to those places i'm gonna fucking report from them um i want to thank annie for the the good luck rune that i was sent that's right. so nice um and i uh i you know what i we know what i want out of today I need a heartfelt Hail Satan from everybody. That's what I need. Give Henry a nice Hail Satan. Mar Marcus. A Hail Satan. And did, Hail Satan. Did we thank this uh, Parker kid? Andrew Parker. Thank we gotta you, th Andrew. We got to thank Andrew for sending us a wonderful little grab bag of uh, I Got Some Wonderful Bones. Yeah. Uh, and a wonderful comic book. Uh, Henry got a CD, which I'll have for you once you get back. Ben got a nice little movie, Midnight Skater. Yeah. So awesome. No, you guys are the best. You're our best, the best people on the face of the planet. And we also got some a particularly fucking awesome little envelope in the mail. Yeah. We got from a listeners, Elena Rice and Josh Graham out of Los Angeles. They gave us a little baggie that has actual fragments of the fireplace of Sharon Tate's home uh, from the night of the Manson murders. Unbelievable. This is like, I'm holding it in my hand right now. It says, Dearly Departed has several Tate LaBianca-related books, death certificates, and autopsy reports, and other official documents available to purchase in our gallery. So that's... Hail Satan. DearlyDepartedTours.com. And uh, thank you so much, Elena and Josh. That's fucking amazing. That's so awesome. Magustulations to you both. Magustulations, and of course, hail yourselves. And Halgeen. Hail me! And we will talk to you soon. See ya, fuckers. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's gonna wanna buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brands Park American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Since we're here, what would you do if another extra hour of your day? I mean, well, obviously I'd get some nunchuck training in. Uh, I'd make love to my wife. That takes about nine, that's a full nine minutes of that hour. And then I would probably uh, go to get a donut. And then I'd probably yell at my parents. But a lot of us wish we had more time. The question is time for what? I don't know. What works for you? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. And therapy can help you find out what matters to you so you could do more of it. You know that question? They're like, if you had a billion dollars, what would you do? You know, and like, you know, when I answer it's of course, I would grind the government to a standstill with my giant machine of my making in secret for many years. But a lot of people get mad at that. And it's really hard to do that in a job interview or like when you're meeting somebody's like your significant other's parents for the first time. So, and you might actually want to think of starting therapy.
So give BetterHelp a try. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-A-S-T-P-O-D.